Hello, this is Kenya and welcome to my Magical Cottagecore Life. Today is an extra special scrumdiddlyumptious episode because today we're doing a special request. You heard me, a special request. Request. Whoa, 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 whoa. I sound like mawedge. Okay. Um, today we're going to talk about needled felt. And it's something that I had to get my head wrapped around. I had to to give a look at it. And I, I really looked around to see, well, where is this being done? Well, guess what? I've grown up around it my whole life. I just didn't know how those things were made. But I, I threw myself into it because, you know, I wouldn't want to spin a uninformed yarn about it. Get it? Yarn. Wool. Felt. Get it? Get it? You're groaning. That was funny. Come on. Okay, so I've got myself a large bag of lamb's wool. And it came from Walcott Mills here in uh, Michigan, which is one of our park systems. And so that means that I'm not only buying wool, I am also helping those people who teach how to use wool. And that's a good thing. Okay, so turn to your big book of stuff. Let's open that bad boy up and let's find the leisure art section or the textile section or animal husbandry. You heard me, husbandry. I don't know why it's not animal wifery, but you know, that's another topic for another day. So that being said, let's get started. Oh, and this episode is dedicated to Cassie. I hope I'm saying that name correctly. It's K-A-S-S-E-Y. And if I'm not, I do apologize, but I'm doing my best. So if I did not say it correctly, please message me again, and I will be happy to put an amendment in this episode. Let's get started. So, when I did the intro, I said needled felt. So, let me be a little bit more clear. The exact term is needle felting. And it's a very fun thing you can do, but it takes some real, uh, a little bit of courage to stab this needle in and out of this ball of wool because you can very easily and probably definitely, more than likely, absolutely will stab your fingers. Like, you are going to stab a finger or four, <laughs> but... It, it's worth it. The, the results are definitely worth it. And you can find this information out there, but some things are best if you give it a try yourself. So if you're going to get into this, there's a few things you're going to need. And one or two of them are optional, but a few of them are absolutely essential. So let's talk about it. So believe it or not, the first thing you want to do is make sure you have some wool. You want to have the medium that you're working with to actually be in enough of abundance that if you should have a mishap or, you know, it doesn't come out quite like you'd like it to, you can go to the next piece. Now, there are sets out there. I didn't know that. There's this whole world dedicated to this but you can also buy your wool just, just plain, just plain old wool, and you can do that, and it will be in its natural color. I don't think you'll be able to find blackened wool. You'll probably have to find that in the set, 
of colored and dyed wools if you try to do that but if you do uh, want to do that then go for it uh, you should be able to find some relatively simple dyes in any good fabric store or most fabric stores so don't be discouraged if you don't see the exact color that you want just know that you know you just have to keep your eye out and another thing you want to do is look for carded wool uh, it's a lot easier to work with the wool that I have here is actually raw I mean it's been washed and everything but it is raw <laughs> it's, it's kind of carded but it could use a little bit more work, you know what I mean? Don't you know? And um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I'm really wondering if I could dye it with a Fago. Can you dye wool, raw wool, with a Fago? Detroit born and bred, baby. You knew it was coming. Can you dye wool with a Fago? I wonder. I really wonder. Oh, and big shout out to Violent J. Um, our thoughts and prayers are with you from uh, my family to yours, and I hope you are doing well. Um, and yes, this is a break in the episode about to talk about ICP for a quick second. Uh, he has been diagnosed with heart failure, and therefore he's going to be doing his last tour this year. Today uh, is actually august 25th 2021 so i just thought i'd uh, time capsule this moment uh and let him know that you know not that he'll ever hear this but that we're thinking about him and we wish him well and whoop whoop we family so you know just from me to you okay so let's move on Now, one of the reasons you want the wool to be carded or processed is that you need to be able to work with it easily. Uh, wool itself, if you haven't worked with it before, you will learn. You are going to find out that it doesn't behave like a cotton ball would, okay? I, I have this whole thing where people think that, oh, wool and cotton is the same thing. It is very much not the same thing. A cotton ball coming from a plant, wool coming from an animal. It is not the same thing. The fibers do not react the same way. Uh, the proteins involved and the cellular structure are not the same. Therefore, you will not get the same result. I'm just letting you know now. So before you start, let me stop you. Like, I caught your thought. Don't do it. Uh, the next thing is, um, and this might be a little hint to you, you can spend a lot of money buying wool and wool sets, or you can spend a little less money if you're using basically uh, some wool to get started by just going to a dance store or going to a dance website. The amount of wool you get from the, the department store for Dr. Scholl's Wool for Your Shoe versus the amount of wool you get going to the fabric store is completely different than how much wool you're actually going to get if you try to get point shoe wool. You actually get a better buy buying the point shoe wool, but that's from me to you. You don't have to tell anybody else about it if you don't want to. I know this because I used to fit point shoes. I used to work at Lynch's Theatrical Store, although I was on the east side, so I used to work at Lynch's House of Sequins as well. So definitely get your lamb's wool from a dance store. It's probably a lot less processed than you think, and you'll be able to use it a lot easier because it's already so carded. It's designed to be easily manipulated. Okay, let's move on. 
The next thing you're going to need is definitely your starter kit. It's going to have your tools, your needles, your appliances, your holder. You will need this in order to pursue this craft. And you can spend a lot of money and buy a big set, or you can go online uh, to Wish or Amazon or some other place. But if possible, please try to frequent a store owned by a small business because we want to keep those mom and pop stores open, right? Right, that's, that's definitely what we want to do. And I'm beginning to wonder how much, uh, you know, was involved in those weird animation things like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, if any of those figures were needled felt. I, I kind of wonder. They probably weren't, but they kind of, now that I'm looking at them, I mean, I wonder if parts of the, the set were. So, you know, but that's just a, a personal thought. But you can buy these kits online. Some come with wool and some come without. And there are kits you can buy that don't have wool at all. Uh, there are kits that have everything. So it's up to you. And definitely there are wool sets that don't have the tools in them. You have to decide what's best for you. But what I would recommend is definitely getting a kit with finger guards or buying finger guards separately because you are going to thank me and yourself if you are good to yourself. Be good to yourself. Protect your fingers. Now, once you have your tools assembled and a nice quiet place to work, or not quiet, I'm not the boss of you. You have to figure out where you want to do it. I personally would not recommend doing it around cats or ferrets or anything that might be overly curious and have little nails or talons. But if you decide to do that, that's up to you. But once you start, you want to start simply. Don't try to undertake a massive Tolkien-style landscape of a, you know, 3D map of Middle Earth with your first foray into needle felt, needled felt. Please don't. Please, please don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get frustrated. And like anything, if we try to run before we can even walk, it's very likely you will get frustrated and maybe quit. And don't do that to yourself. We often do things to ourselves that we do not have to. And one of the things we do not have to do is rush something that we enjoy. So take the time necessary, step by step, slowly, to get the skills you will need so that when you go to your next steps or your next shapes, you don't get frustrated and want to quit. And what is the phrase now? Rage quit. Don't do that. Start slowly and start with something small. And speaking of starting with something small, let's talk about the basic shapes to start you out on your journey. So when you're doing these projects, I want to start with the most simple shape you can do. And it's also the most, uh, if you think about it, the most perfect shape, and that's a ball. Okay, your ball may not be perfectly round, and that's fine. But you can start with a ball because it's the simplest and easiest shape for you to begin working with needled felt. And um, if you mess up, it's not a big deal because I guess theoretically you could kind of like, you know, 
we're going to talk about in another episode what you can do with felted balls in your dryer. So we'll talk about that another time. I have to do some more research on that to find out how big that ball would be and if this is the right technique. But I think I'm right. I'm going to I'm gonna check on it and I will let you know. But yeah, a ball would be an easier one to start with. After that, the next shape you could start with would be a cone. Because a cone is kind of like a ball with a point on it, you know? almost like a really elongated pasty. Okay, that went back to my other days in my youth uh, when I used to make showgirl costumes. But no pasty, we're talking about cones. So elongated cones would be your next step. Then after that, maybe something like a cube. Now you would think it would be as easy as a ball, but not quite because now you've got to hold it in certain ways. But pinching and applying pressure when you're doing it to maintain your shape, it will come to you and it won't be so bad. And of course, as a variation on this, eggs. Of course, eggs. You want to be able to make an egg. And to me, the next logical step would be a half circle or like the top of a mushroom patty. You know what I mean? That would be really good as well. And that way you can make those really cool uh, fairy houses or gnome houses. And maybe you can even make uh, go back and you know, do something with your gnome project. If you can make uh, these kinds of projects, you can bring it up a little bit. You know, elevate your station, as it were. <laughs> now, we're going to get into something else once you get comfortable making a ball. And that is, you might want to go next, give it some, some time, into using armature. And it's kind of like, how do I put this? It's not politically correct to say pipe cleaner, but I'm going to say pipe cleaner or chenille stick. But it's not that. It's something different. But remember when you used to make the big flowers uh, when you were in school, or possibly did, and you used the chenille sticks or pipe cleaners to give the shape to the flower stem? Well, it's not like that at all. Um, what it is, is it's basically the, the skeleton of what you're trying to make. It gives you a solid, movable form, shapeable form, with which to make like dolls or animals, like deer or sheep. You make wool and then you make a sheep and then the sheep has wool on it why does this feel like some sort of weird craft existential crisis in the making but anyway back to back to the point so you can use these to make those lovely shapes you see on all the little uh stories like you know the fairies and the the, the little angels and all the cute things or if you were thinking of me little Cthulhu's you need a lot of that for that project but and maybe some green wool but yeah definitely that would be really cool that would be really cool and if you're looking for ideas they're all over the internet but let your uh, creativity be your guide but remember also never try to jump ahead too fast or too quickly because you can become frustrated Now let's talk about gifting, okay? Because that's that's what we're, we're all gonna get into, right? Eventually, you are going to want to give these things as a gift to someone, even if it's to yourself, and that's absolutely fine. But you wanna give these things as gifts. One of the things you wanna caution people about is that you don't want them to believe that they are not flammable. They are definitely flammable. I have found that 
when I was younger, they had the fake versions of things made like that, and they were, there was, basically they blew some sort of weird, felt like material on top of a plastic form, and so, you know, it got washed, they got beat up, they might be hot sitting on a, a stove and only that little fuzzy fur, you know, burned off, but the whole thing didn't set on fire, yeah, don't set these on fire, don't use these near open flame, these are flammable, it is wool, it is a natural subject, subject, and it will burn. It is a textile. So be careful when you're doing this. Maybe don't do this by candlelight. Just just a thought. Another thing is you don't want to be in a situation where if you give this gift, you wind up missing what you made. Once you spend a lot of time making something, you kind of get attached to it. So if you do give it away as a gift, make sure you give it to someone who will appreciate it. If you give it to someone whose home is like a hoarder house or full of clutter, they may just set it on a shelf or in a corner and things get piled on top of it and it get destroyed or you never can see it again. And I understand that when we give things away, we give them away. But we're talking about human emotions. So my advice to you is that if you want to give it to someone, maybe give it to someone who has room in their lives and in their hearts and in their spaces to give it a place that it deserves because handcrafted things are crafted with love, attention, and energy. And energy exchange as far as thankfulness is a thing. So you want to keep that in mind. Now, before we go on with the episode, I kind of wanted to insert something in here, just a little something to talk about another episode in our journey together that I covered, and that is a plant called teasel. Do you remember? Do you remember me talking to you about teasel? If not, you might want to go backward in our journey and find it. Look in your book of stuff under plants, right? So teasel and wool go together because you could theoretically, if you wanted to have some fun experiment with with yourself and your friends, work with teasel and card your own wool if it's not already carded enough. Just understand that teasel is going to keep a lot of that wool and you're going to be very meticulous in getting it out. I recommend using a bamboo skewer uh, if you do that. And make sure you clip off the little edges on the bottom. Uh, if you use something like a corn cob holder, you might have better results, but you got to be careful because it's not that easy to do it without destroying it. It is pretty hardy, but again, it is still plant material and dried material. So this will be fun. Just keep in mind, watch your fingers. That's why you want those finger guards. But it's always fun to see how different episodes kind of intermingle on each other, you know? All right, let's get back to the show. But first, but first, I would like to take a moment to thank Kevin McLeod for his wonderful music today. I love his music. Do you know what music we're listening to today? You can do it. Okay, you can't, you, you know the song, but you can't remember the name of it. The name of the song is called The Entertainer, and we use it uh, for this episode because I just thought it was fun. Uh, it's royalty free as long as I give credit. So thank you, Kevin McLeod, for letting us use it. All right, now let's get back to the show for real this time. So I've come 
to the end of our episode. Um, I'm really excited about this. I'm going to be doing it, but I do want you to know this, and I have the felt in front of me. I mean, not the felt, the wool. The wool is in front of me. But I do want to say this, and it's very important. I didn't get into a lot of different specific projects that you could make, and I did that for a reason. I have found in my life, now that I am older, that when I give people examples of making something and then I mention a specific project other than like maybe the lambs, little lamb out of the lamb's wool that has lamb's wool on the lamb that's made of lamb's wool. Camus, is that you? No, um, that I, I don't want them to get hung up that they have to make that as their first project. That is not what I want to do to you. So again, I want you to take your time and you find what speaks to you and make that your first project. There's some wonderful things out there and you and your vision will be wonderful too. And I love that we get to talk about fun things and people suggest uh, things to me sometimes that I can cover. And I love that about how, you know, the internet works, you know, I can connect with people and from all across the cosmos, I can make friends and we're friends, right? And I I really treasure that someone took the time to reach out to me and talk to me about this particular leisure craft and skill, because it's something that I'm definitely including in my repertoire of things to enjoy with my family uh, when I can get them to be still. So I, I really appreciate you coming to listen to this episode and look forward to seeing you again here on My Magical Cottagecore Life.